Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pater Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin, and I promise my co host, Matt McGloin, will be returning soon to the airwaves. He and his wife celebrated the arrival of their second child a number of weeks ago, so he's enjoying some much needed paternity leave at the moment. And with that, I have another guest on the show this week to break down some of the current events going on with the Penn State football program. My longtime friend, my former classmate at Penn State, and now the film analyst expert at Blue White Illustrated at On3. You may have seen his work. He is fantastic, in my opinion, in terms of breaking down film, and he has all the news and insight regarding the Penn State football program. And there's a fair amount to get to. Obviously, Penn State wrapping up the National Signing Day, a lot of news for the class of 2022, plus the class of 2023 and beyond. I'm talking about offensive linemen. T. Frank is going to love that. Um, Speaking of offensive linemen, a big transfer coming in from Cornell, Hunter Norzad. What does that mean for the Penn State offensive line in 2022? Um, And then flipping over to the defensive side a big signing on the coaching staff three new defensive analysts three new analysts excuse me one of which on the defensive side of the ball is the greatest linebacker in terms of tackling in the history of Penn State football Dan Connor what does T Frank think about that signing to the coaching staff and then speaking of the coaches James Franklin was relatively outspoken this past week in regards to the issues Penn State is facing in terms of ramping up for name image and likeness purposes Very curious to see what T. Frank believes to be at the root of this and what the problem is for Penn State with with these new rules coming into place. So there's a lot for us to get to here. Thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action, especially with the big game this weekend on the gridiron. With a new updated desktop and mobile website, sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe, B L E A V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available now. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports the pater podcast is presented by bet online where the game starts and of course funk brewing is the official craft beer partner of the pater podcast of course i encourage you to check out the citrus ipa and the silent disco ipa however i've got some very exciting news for the month of february funk has the double citrus ipa coming out it's a big fan favorite Beer Advocate gave it a score of 93 out of 100. That's very good, in case you didn't know. It only arrives once a year, just in time for March, and all the good things that happen in March. March Madness, if you're a fan, the road to WrestleMania. Hey, I'm going to say Impact Wrestling Sacrifice event is in March. You know, stuff like that. This will be available in Funk's tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York as of Wednesday, February 16th, one week from this airing, and it will be making its way to your favorite retailer shortly after. You can find Funk Brewing at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Trust me, their fresh, funky flavors will satisfy your craft beer-loving taste buds. For more information, visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. All right. And joining me now from Blue White Illustrated as a part of the On3 Network, my longtime friend, my former classmate, Thomas Frank Carr, T. Frank, film uh, extraordinaire, expert analyst on all things Penn State football. 
Um, I think we should walk down memory lane a, a little bit to get started, just because I always like to, you know, explain to our guests why Matt McGloin isn't here and why you're <laughs> sitting where you're sitting. Uh, Matt is still on paternity leave, so I appreciate you jumping in. But oh, congratulations to him! I didn't know. Yes, yes, he had baby number two. So, uh, oh, great! Literally the day we were going to record, I think it was like January 18th. I was like, hey, like we're doing an interview or something like that. And he was like, I'm having the baby uh, a week <laughs> sooner than I expected. So uh, we're, we're hoping to get him back at some point. But it's like, hey, enjoy your paternity leave as much as you can. Um, yeah. But li listen, so this is really cool for me because like you've had me on Blue White Illustrated uh, a number of times to do post game shows for Penn State football games. But we go way back to anybody that knows Penn State academics intimately in the college communications broadcast journalism. There's a thing called Com Radio, and that's where you and I got to know each other. So uh, I have some very fond memories of that time. What about you? Yeah, it's the it's the crucible of many a career in broadcasting for guys from ESPN, maybe people you haven't heard of that are behind the scenes that do great jobs like Mike Essie, uh, who is a producer there, Alex Eliasoff. There's some uh, broadcasters out there in the world doing minor league baseball. Uh, Justin Rock, who's awesome. Our good friend Tom Ferguson, who works for Lackawanna Community College. So that's Love been Fergie. an awesome resource. He's a great guy. Uh, it was an awesome community. And uh, I... I always think fondly about uh, Com Radio. Although I got to tell you, Tom, I still live in State College. You know they moved Com Radio in campus now, so you really? don't have to take a forty-minute bus ride to go get to the studio. Oh. <laughs> See, I've been back for games, but I haven't like been back on campus. Uh, Mike yeah. Norman and I talk every once in a while. He's like, "Oh, you got to come back to campus," so I have to arrange something like that. But I'd love to see it. I imagine it's beautiful, right? Yeah, it's in the it's in the communication building, so it's all right in the middle of campus. Would have been great. Would have had like so the 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 offshoot of it was though that I had a car as a sophomore, so that was great. I convinced oh. my mom to get me a car, but uh, it was kind of a pain when you had to take a eighty minute round trip to go do anything out there. But the the benefit was like you. So it's out at, at it used to be out at Innovation Park for anyone that knows yes. Penn State, and it's out off campus. It's basically on the interstate. So you're out there and we spent a lot of time out there talking about football, talking about life, hanging out, having a good time. Uh, and you really start to get into like good friendships at Com Radio. So, yeah, I, I it, it's it's awesome that we get to do this together professionally, which was what we wanted to do the whole time. So it's great. Right. Uh, I, guys like Tommy DeVito come to mind. Ryan mm -hmm. Staloff come to mind. Uh, Staloff's doing great stuff at ESPN. So it's just, I don't know, there's so many guys that we've gotten to work with, uh, men and women for that matter, that have gone on to some really cool things. And it's just nice to stay connected because it is a community of people that like back each other up. Uh, Tyler Feldman, uh, the bane of my existence, he's doing great stuff down in Austin, <laughs> Texas. So, um, so He's you still and wearing I, brightly colored pants. That's the one thing I was, I teased him because he was wearing like salmon pants before it was cool. And now I have a pair of salmon pants and it's like, hey, you know. <laughs> good for wedding season and good for the summer. Yeah. That'll be perfect. Yep. Um, but nowadays and for uh, a little while now, you've been working for Blue White Illustrated, which recently uh, became a part of on three. Uh, they do a fantastic job in terms of all the recruiting information. Predominantly, that is what on three is known for when especially in the world of college football specifically. Um, but I've been following Blue White Illustrated since I was a student because that's where all the news and updates were for anything Penn State football. So what's your experience been like? 
Oh, it's been a whirlwind, basically. So, uh, you know, just to a, a brief, very brief background is I worked locally in radio here in State College for about eight years. And then in the middle of the pandemic, I always knew I wanted to do something like this. I always knew I wanted to do something bigger, something broader, something that had the potential to grow and, and to be something that I could have a part of and be a part of it. Uh, and I'd been working for Blue White Illustrated part time for a couple of years, and I just decided I was going to go make my own opportunity. So I, I left my job without a, a new job to go to. Uh, and then I started my own YouTube channel. And then by the middle of the summer, I was picked up by Blue White Illustrated doing that show for them, which is now the BWI Daily Edition, which I do Monday through Friday on YouTube here um, and wherever you get your podcasts, of course. Um, so so I, I kind of bet on myself to go find something. And luckily, you know, you, you work hard, you build relationships. The guys over there, Ryan Snyder and Nate Bauer, who've been the guy you've been fo- the guys you've been following for 10 mm-hmm. years now. They're awesome people on top of the fact that they're awesome. Uh, they're awesome journalists and they're awesome insiders and in recruiting information. Um, and then all of this stuff with on three was in the background. So it was this big, long uh, tryout for me, essentially. And now we're one of the largest, fastest growing YouTube channels for Penn State football. Uh, we have the most expansive coverage. We we do live post-game shows, you and I, during the football season. We have a live show on Mondays at noon where we talk and we have a good time with the audience. Then, of course, the Daily Edition. In And that's just the YouTube side. We also have the podcasts and, and Blue White Illustrated has five journalists. Nobody has the amount of people working for them at the level of excellence that we do at Blue White Illustrated, covering everything from wrestling with Greg Pickle all the way into uh, you know football and the film analysis that I do. So we got you covered every single angle you could have uh, when it comes to Penn State football, and it has been one of the most fulfilling years of my life, knowing like I had to go out and do it and go get it, and I did, and like it. I'm still like right now just talking about it, getting chills about like what happened, Uh, but it's been great. And we're just getting started. You know, we were picked up by on three officially November 1st. We're not even in through our first year. And uh, and the site is growing exponentially because we're offering all kinds of great deals. So if you want to join, if any of that stuff sounds awesome to you and we're talking about some of the things that we do over at the site today, uh, you can do you can join for just a dollar. You go to blue white uh, blue white illustrated dot com. One dollar, one dollar. And I was trying to do the math about how. So it's one dollar, not just for like a month or for a year of content. You get a you get one dollar for 12 months of content. We put out like 12 articles a day. So if you go, it's 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 into fictional math, how much it costs you per day for Blue White Illustrator. <laughs> I asked Google to do the math for me the other day, and it just kind of shrugged at me like, I don't know. Google didn't really know how to do the math offhand. So uh, it's a great deal. And you get all kinds of insider information, my film evaluations and the breakdowns. Apparently, that is per article what you're paying. (laughs) Pennies is fabulous. (laughs) Yeah. So so it's it's an awesome deal. And uh, and I'm I'm super appreciative that I get to be part of the start of something to help grow something. And uh, if you want to be a part of it, too. I, we're doing big things at on three and that's not even talking. We haven't even gotten into the database. I know I've been kind of filibustering here, but the most exciting thing is that on three and Shannon Terry and the parent company for blue white illustrated is building the best database for college football that you've ever seen. Taking these guys from high school, 
having historical data com- to, com- to compare them to when it comes to measurables and recruiting visits and a recruiting prediction machine to give better, more accurate insights into the recruiting process. We're going to be building out these things uh, even to the coaching level and the high school level. Where are the best? Where's the best talent coming from? Is Penn State so successful at DeMatha Catholic, for example? Or where aren't they getting guys from? Or which coaches are really making the biggest impact in recruiting as far as recruiting wins? And there'll be that stuff being built out. And then, uh, of course, name, image, and likeness is a huge part of it as well, where we're building in an algorithm to factor in social media and all these things that factor into the value of NIL and giving players specifically control and agency to know their value and then go out and get that when they can in the market. So it is the most comprehensive college database you've ever come across. It's not just crystal balls. It's not just, uh, you know, looks like heights and weights. It's everything. And it's all backed by data and science and all these things to give you actual information. But then beyond that is the experts like Ryan Snyder who go in and they give their expertise talking to these players and getting the insights from them. So like from A to Z, I'm so jacked up to be part of on three <laughs> and like genuinely, it's not a sales pitch. I am so happy. <laughs> well, no, I know. And, and listen, you earn your spot and you do fantastic work in terms of film breakdown. I've never seen someone love to talk about like offensive linemen as much as you do like and just the little nitty gritty aspects of the game uh it's it's really fascinating so i do encourage people to check it out um speaking of recruiting news that takes me to our very first point today um a lot has actually been happening for penn state over the last couple of weeks in terms of uh national signing day wrapping up especially for the 2022 class but then even some news in regards to 23 and 24 so uh to give our audience a little bit of a a wrap-up of what's been happening what have you seen uh, the offensive line has just lo- lo- loaded up on talent is is the best way to put it. Uh, the the one I'll talk about when it comes to National Signing Day, Vega Yuane is the the late flip from Washington. And going into this recruiting, so give, give people an idea. I don't watch just the highlight film. I go and I find full games to watch. So when I'm talking about a prospect, I'm giving you what's not on the highlight film too. What they do well what they need to work on, how they project to the next level, maybe some areas that could trip them up either early and giving an idea of what to expect of them, especially I know with five-star guys in a class like Penn State has, what's their timeline of being able to contribute? And Vega Yuane, when I went and I watched his film, blew me away. And I was not expecting it of a guy that was just kind of out there right before the National Signing Day. The story was at Washington, they replaced their head coach, they kept their offensive line coach, and he was committed to in-state Washington. He's from Graham, Washington. So uh, it wasn't going to be a fit, apparently, for him there. So he opened up his recruitment, and Phil Troutwine and the new special teams coordinator from Boise State previously, Stacy Collins, now part of the Nittany Lions staff, mm-hmm. they got on the case. They went out. They saw him, this mad dash of maybe six weeks recruiting him. Uh, and when you look at him on film, six foot three, 330 pounds. So he is college sized already. And then you watch, you mentioned the little details and the technicalities and how you block, not just dominating guys, but how you're doing it. He does all of it. He, he you know, I, I did my film room of him on Sunday and I'm usually the guy. The point of what I do, like I said earlier, is to kind of throw water on the hype train for these guys, because. 
you, you bring said, us down to earth. Yeah. I will give a, re- a realistic sense. I feel like I'm trying. My goal is to protect these kids from the unreal, unreasonable hype that comes from recruiting and giving. Okay. So now that we've all agreed that it's a good thing for this university that they got this player, here's what they're really getting. Here's the time. I have a hard time not throwing coal in the fire for Vega Yuane of like, just shoot, shoot, let's go the hype train because he's awesome. <laughs> he's good at everything. And his blocking techniques from A to Z, he exhibits every single block you could want that he was asked to do. He technically can do them. He can physically do them. He's fast for an offensive lineman, not just for 330, not just for an offensive lineman. He's straight up fast when he runs. So uh, James Franklin said during his press conference that he can contribute early. I don't know. And I won't say that he's going to be a starter right out of the gate next year. I think that's still unreasonable, but Penn state is adding depth and talent and violence to the interior of their offensive line going forward with some of the guys they brought in, in this class. And Vega, Yawane is a huge steal and a huge get in the 11th hour and makes up for some of the misses that Phil Troutwine had on the offensive line with Emil Wagner and some of the other guys that they just missed out on in recruiting this more than makes up for that. He is, he is more ready than any of the guys they were targeting. And he's a better prospect than some of the guys they were targeting that decommitted. So it is, I cannot stress enough how good of a player Vega Ioana is. And then it's just about translating from Washington. Sorry. It's just about translating from Washington and the level of competition, which Mm -hmm. is not the highest level in the nation to college but that, how big of a jump is that for him? And right. how quickly can he dominate at the next level? And then on top of that, you mentioned Phil Troutwine. He has come under fire because through the bulk of James Franklin's tenure, and obviously Troutwine is not um, you know, not responsible for every last offensive lineman that has come in the door, but still has come under fire because the offensive line has been underwhelming, to say the least. Um, has Troutwine sort of redeemed himself, especially looking at what he's done for 23 and 24? Who- who are you asking? That's the thing is like, <laughs> who, what Penn State fan are you asking and what Penn State fan are you telling this information to is mm-hmm. exactly how the, the response you're going to get. Because I see these guys on film and going all the way into 2024, Penn State secured Cooper Cousins from my neck of the woods in Pennsylvania up in Erie, went to McDow- McDowell High School. He is six foot five, 300 pounds, and he's a, he's a sophomore. So he's he's going to be huge. He's he's probably a tackle prospect but he plays yeah. center right so that is a it feels like an overwhelming positive for penn state right there but it's 2024 people want to see the results now mm-hmm. they want to see progression now and the thing that i said earlier this season when i really dug into it because you know kind of going back in the recruiting film and the recruiting world before i was fully integrated with blue white illustrated looking at some of these hits and misses before phil Troutwine got here there's a reason that he was brought on there was a reason that the previous offensive line coach matt limegrover good coach you know i thought from a technical standpoint they had solid fundamentals for the players they all performed reasonably well and they were all good but there's a re- they missed on too many players in 2017 through 2020, and that was a problem. Uh, and the, mixed in with some issues in 2018 where uh, Nana Asidu was one of their best offensive tackles they'd ever gotten under Matt Limegrover. He medically retired after his first physical when they found a mm. heart condition. And then, of course, Juice Scruggs was a part of that class, and his development was delayed. And we don't know the full effects of being in a car accident. So yes. some bad luck there in 2018. But the moral of the story is it took a while for Penn State to get into this situation. 
It's going to take a while for them to get out of it. But Phil Trowen has brought in five players for 2022 on the on the offensive line, dramatically changing through the transfer portal, Juco, and with Vega Yuane, guys that you think can contribute and be difference makers next season. Not to mention Landon Tangwall, who is already on the roster and is already projecting to be a very good starter next season. So I, I love, think that it, you love Tangwall. <laughs> I love Landon Tangwall. I've his film was some of the best I've watched. And and to to what I said in T Frank's film room about Vega Yuane is like the the technical aspect. He's the only comparable guy I've seen is Landon Tangwall. So if you're getting mm. two of those guys on the offensive line, and if it's, it's accelerated at all, so that Yuane can be a part of it this year. You only need two or two or three really good offensive linemen and then a bunch of guys that play well together to make a difference. You don't need one through five being excellent. They need to work well as a team. And you, the best way I said is you don't need a brick wall. You just need studs in the wall and then mm -hmm. you've got a wall. But th that's what they're searching for. And I think from Hunter Norzad, who I think we're going to get to here in a little bit, to some of the guys they brought in, Olaf Ashanu at left tackle. I'm projecting they're going to be better next year uh, because I, I'm news. seeing better players and more talented players at key positions. You sound like Robert Redford in The Last Castle, just building a wall, man. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you uh, led me right to my next point. Um, recent development in the transfer portal. Um, we've seen this flirtation for a number of months now. Um, yeah. Hunter Norzad, offensive lineman from Cornell, transferring to Penn State. So he'll be a part of the team in 2022. Uh, similar to Eric Wilson, who transferred from Harvard to Penn State. Um is there more talent in the Ivies that can translate to, for instance, the Big Ten level than we're aware of? And what do you like about Hunter Norzad's game? Well, the first thing I would say is that uh, when it comes to, you mentioned the, the saga of Hunter Norzad, I was following along just like everybody else. Uh, but luckily, I had Ryan Snyder, our recruiting insider. And that's another reason you should join on three for a dollar so you can get the stuff in real time. Uh, but Norzat specifically in this situation took a look at his film early on when they were interested. And I was actually doing today when we're recording, I was doing a little more work on him now that it's official. I think the difference in, in Eric Wilson is a fair comparison because of their situation is different in in mentality. Both are around six, four, both are around 300 pounds. Both are good technical blockers. But Eric Wilson was a technician and was a guy that was winning with his feet and his mind and his craft. Hunter Norzad is a little more violent, tenacious, I'd say. I've called him a little bit of a brawler where maybe it's not as much about refined technique as it is about technique, plus the initial jolt off the line of scrimmage. So he played right tackle at Cornell. He's going to play on the inside for Penn State going forward at guard. Um, and of course, Iowa was a part of the conversation, so... Uh, you got to believe that when it comes to the talent level that Hunter Norzad has, he had a lot of suitors. He had a lot of people interested in him. And I think that 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 tenacity, the quickness, the good feet, the projection of the inside, that is uh, a huge win for Penn State to get in the transfer portal and one they absolutely needed. Who do you project to be that starting five? If it, you know, if you had your druthers for Penn State's offensive line in 2022. Oh, I so I did a whole I did a whole article on this where I put together the best offensive line combinations based on who was on the roster. And because I have Ryan, I added Hunter Norzad as a guy who was a realistic possibility. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had him at center because that the Iowa thing intrigued me. 
and watching his film the the aggression that he showed as a run blocker reminded me of the Arkansas center who just threw his body into people yes. you know was a good blocker but just Reckless wrecked abandoned. people yeah <laughs> yeah so there was a little bit of that and that probably was kind of influencing my decision of putting him at center uh he's going to be a guard for Penn State so he it's hard to say right now I would say that Landon Tangwall is one of the guards Okay. Olaf Ashanu is clearly the left tackle and Juice Scruggs is going to be the center. So those three are figured out. So then the logical conclusion would be that Caden Wallace gets a chance to improve at right tackle, gets to play, gets a chance to play a little better, get a little more uh, work at the position. And then it becomes that left guard position of who's battling for that. Norzad, JB Nelson, the transfer from Lackawanna Community College, raw prospect, but tons of potential long arms violent tenacious strong spent a whole year reworking his body so he's around 300 pounds probably about 305 310 is what i project him at next season once he's through the weightlifting program and then a guy that everyone says don't forget about salim wormley was the other guy who uh, reportedly won the starting position last season in camp before you're going down very with high on wormley i remember hearing a couple of your podcasts where you're like we're not factoring in the fact that this offensive line in 2021 was supposed to have Wormley, and yep. and that just dropped off the face of the earth, obviously. So uh, that's a very interesting mix there at left guard. Yeah, uh, but so now I've come all the way back around with all these guys, plus you know throwing a true freshman mm. and anything to me. And I'll just say this again: as much as I've been uh, you know throwing coal into the fire of the hype train, anything you get from a true freshman on the offensive line is a bonus in all of these things, especially in the first month of the season. With this factored now, I don't think you are betting on Salim Wormley coming back. You're not factoring in that as a must-have because as much as we say don't forget about him, he also was injured during training camp. So what's his timeline of his injury return? Kind of the same way as P.J. Mustafer. He's got obviously an advantage of not being two and a half months later, but it is a part of the factor of what's his rehab been like this offseason? What's the nature of his injury? We never know those things. Uh, has he been able to work out and lift? And is he going to get back to a similar physical shape that won him the job last year? But you don't have to rely on that now. That's what Hunter Norzad brings to you. That's what having J.B. Nelson and whether his technique develops this season under Phil Troutwine. That's the other half of this is you get the talent in the door. Now you got guys that I think are, are really good football players from a talent perspective. Has their technique developed? How do they work together? All those things now factor. All right. Now, before we go any further, what I'm about to say might shock you. But the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing, too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And even better, art outpriced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received a 30% IRR from 2020 to 2021 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access with their game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. 
What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to get up to 70 percent off your nordvpn plan plus one additional month for free it's also risk-free with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee all of us involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, THON has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. And in case you weren't aware already, THON intends to hold THON Weekend 2022 in person one week from Friday, starting on February 18th and running through the 20th at the Bryce Jordan Center in University Park, Pennsylvania. To learn more about THON Weekend 2022 or to donate, visit THON.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with a new initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help we invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video, if you'd like, post it on your social media channels and use hashtag tag me in and hashtag tag me in United. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag me in. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. Potentially more time for Sean Clifford or whoever is paying, playing quarterback. And then yeah. the guys are running back. Everybody's excited about Nick Singleton. Everybody's excited about Katron Allen. Don't forget about Kevon Lee. So all of a sudden, there's a little more positivity, I think, for 2022 than people expected. So that's that's pretty good to hear. Yeah. Um, Can I throw in Keziah Holmes? Because that's another oh, one please. of the guys I'm and Devin always Ford's high on. There. Devin Ford is there and has contributed yeah. in the past. Like, there's going to be a good amount of competition. So uh, who do you think, actually, do you think Singleton's the guy when he walks in the door? Or what do you think? Uh, no, no. Nobody's the guy when they walk in the door. And that's kind of the, to, you, you hinted at Christian Veyu Christian or Drew Aller and, and Sean Clifford in that situation. Whoever takes that job has to take it. And from a six-year player quarterback, for example, the list of things you have to do is a mile long. You have to be the leader in the weight room. You have to outwork him in the weight room. Sean Clifford is notoriously the hardest worker in the weight room. Mm -hmm. These little things, these little data points that matter, all matter. And and how you conduct yourself in the offseason, how you learn the offense, every little check along the way at running back you have to be able to do. Pass protection, 
route running, things that in Governor Mifflin's offense, for example, Nick Singleton didn't do, but Catron Allen has a much more mature, advanced game. So kind of giving you setting the table for these players. That being said, the reason I'm more optimistic about the running game specifically is that last season, you and I talked about this the whole time, who's the explosive back? That's why Singleton is is the highlight of this offseason, and I think that's fair. But what backs that up is that you do have Devin Ford, and you do have Keziah Holmes coming off a redshirt season. Mm-hmm. Keziah Holmes was the fastest freshman in America when he came out, I think, in 2019 or 2020. So he's got speed. He's 215 pounds already. He's that. He's got home run potential. You have more bullets in the chamber this year, more options. So if one thing doesn't work out, you have something to fall back on. Where last year, it was two guys, physical bruising tailbacks. One of them was injured. The other one was Kevon Lee. So there's just more this year than there was last year. More competition is good. Uh, And speaking of the details, the analysis, that is something that James Franklin has harped on with his coaching staff and is really, really in particular, uh, very particular, especially during the offseason, about that counting of every single rep and how did that go. We saw that as a big influence, for instance, in the kicking game, the punting game. So they're going to keep an eye on that. And they've, in fact, added to their staff uh, in terms Mm -hmm. of analysts. Three new analysts uh, have come on, and this is something that James Franklin is very big on. One of them in particular uh, drew headlines because it's Dan Connor, the (laughs) leading tackler in the history of Penn State football. You could argue the best linebacker in the history of Penn State football. What does it mean adding Connor as an analyst for this team? The first thing it means is that you have to hear all of the people that have wanted him as the linebackers coach for the last 10 years to <laughs> have to say something about it. Mm. Um, so, but, but that is a good starting point of like, if Dan Connor, you want him to be the linebackers coach, I don't have a problem with that, but having him come from Archbishop Carroll and the high school level where he was the head coach to then just be elevated a linebacker coach. It, this jump. is the natural progression. Yes. This is the natural progression of that. He's going to be, I believe he's going to be an analyst. He's going to be an off field analyst. So he's not going to be working with the linebackers. Like Mm -hmm. there are coaches that get to coach and there are coaches that get to analyze. And I, there's no defined stuff when they announce these positions. And these were announced uh, late last night as of our recording. So we don't have a lot of details specifically about that, but he's obviously going to be involved with the defensive side of the staff. And I would imagine he's going to be a part of the evaluation staff and the analytics staff. And he's going to give his thoughts and opinions on technique and also on probably the transfer portal and recruiting. So if you're an analyst, you're going to be doing just about anything and everything, but you are also have your own expertise that you bring to the table. And obviously as a coach and as one of the best linebackers in Penn State history, he brings that to the table. So those people weren't wrong. They just were getting ahead of themselves saying, mm-hmm. bring in Dan Connor, Paul Puzlesny as our defensive coordinator. It, it, you're getting the cart before the horse. This is a good natural progression for a guy like him or even an, an assistant coach like Dion Barnes to come in and learn at, the, at those positions and then naturally progress to the next thing. It, it sounds like to me like a lot of uh, fans like you're, you're thinking like in terms of playing the NCAA football video game from once upon a time where it was like, oh, this guy here, that's cool. I'll just do that. And it's a video game and it doesn't matter. It's like making Dan yeah. Marino the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. It's like, yeah. sure, he played there. That's great. It doesn't always translate. Yeah. These baby steps are important. And I just think it's really cool to keep the history of the program intact. And James yeah. Franklin, from what I've learned uh, since doing this podcast, is that. 
he is very open to understanding the past of the program and those past players and their contributions, but he is not necessarily going to just be like, oh, yeah, you've got a job, right? You're a GA right. or something like that. Right. You do have to come in and earn it. So to see Dan Connor approach that this way is really cool. Yeah, and, and coaching. So this is the other thing about coaching is that coaching is teaching and being one of the best all time doesn't mean you can teach it. So, you know, that that level of coaching at the high school level and seeing it in in place and seeing evidence of it and growing those skills, too. So it's an mm -hmm. entirely different skill than knowing how to do something. It's a because, good foundation. Yes. Yeah. Some guys, so you have a, a unique perspective as a player who has had to do all of these things that I talk about on film and the, the, to actually execute the assignments. You may have things that you can say, hey, look for this. Hey, this is a shortcut that you can use that won't get you in trouble. Those are things that are invaluable as a former player to teach to players. But if you don't know how to teach those things instead of like, I just did it this way, do it this way. And somebody physically can't do it that way. That's where you get those former NFL greats and Hall of Famers that are terrible coaches mm -hmm. because they, they're just different. So having all of those things in place and, and really building that skill is invaluable. And that's what allows you to, to pass that knowledge down. And often, you know, guys, yeah, he played linebacker, but sometimes the job opportunity might come up and be like, can you coach tight ends? Yep. And sometimes you need to say yes to that job so that you can see the you know career progression accordingly. So if you don't learn everything, you might not get the opportunities as a coach that you would hope for if you're aiming to be a coordinator or a head coach someday. You really have to learn everything. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see what Dan Connor does a part of the program, part of James Franklin's staff. Um, I do want to end our chat today, and I appreciate you coming on, as always. Oh, um, are we almost done? We're we're close. Well, unless there's any other headlines that you can think of, because uh, <laughs> it's just been quiet. It's been a quiet off season altogether. Um, but one thing that I think tends to fly under the radar is some of the comments from uh, head coach James Franklin. And um, recently he was asked about some of the name, image and likeness benefits and developments that Penn State uh, is potentially putting in place for the future. And he in short, sounded frustrated. When he does these appearances in front of the media, he can be very subdued and not necessarily give a ton of information because he's keeping his cards uh, close to his chest. So I understand that. But you can also read between the lines a little bit in that he was expressing, uh, you know, for years, uh, we were not competing every single day. And then it was like, well, what does that mean? And then we saw his contract extension, the what I've called it a stimulus package for the football mm -hmm. program. You and I talked about it before we got started is that part of that was money for analysts like Dan Connor and the two others that they brought in. Um, James Franklin seems he probably won't say it publicly, but very frustrated with the university because schools like Ohio State are getting close to seven million dollars already for their football team in regards to NIL deals for the entirety of the team. Meanwhile, Penn State flatly seems to be behind um what are you seeing and hearing from your sources in terms of like hey what's actually going on in terms of the nil stuff uh so i'll, I'll take it a step i'll step back a little bit and go from nil to the whole thing because with penn state you gotta go baby steps and first mm. off go back even further the reason i'm like oh we almost done is because this has been so much fun that i didn't realize we were almost 
you know, to the end of the things we're going to talk about. So like good. part of it, my monologuing has taken up most of the show, but you know, it's just, it's good it's information. Fun. It's good information. <laughs> uh, so if you look back, if you, if you take a step back and you look at the contract extension and the commitment to the university, the stimulus packages, you called it. Then you look at uh, fanatics, the announcement, the teaser of Penn state selling jerseys and the NIL deal that you're going to get a percentage of that going to the players. If, if they opt in, to selling jerseys with their names on the back um, this cu- upcoming season for off the field. Once again, got to point out the names are not going to be on the back of the jerseys on the field. That's not mm-hmm. changing. Just the ones you can buy are going to have the names on the back of the jersey. Mm-hmm. So that's a step. Hiring these offensive analysts and defensive analysts off the field, expanding the staff is another huge part to compete because we talked about Hunter Norzad in the transfer portal. And I keep getting asked, why is Penn State getting beat to X, Y, and Z in the in the transfer portal? And it's like, well, there's a couple of different things, but one of them in some of James Franklin's comments uh, that you mentioned from National Signing Day was that some teams out there have a full staff just for the portal. Like in the NFL where you have your pro scouting department and you have your college scouting department. Some places just have their high school recruiting department and the guys behind the scenes and the coaches and then either a coach or an analyst or somebody dedicated to the transfer portal that is scouting these guys building evaluations giving them to the staff getting information watching film having an ear to the ground to know who might be heading to the portal because what let's say a running back who was oft injured but has talents puts his name to the transfer portal and then a day later is going to let's say lsu mm-hmm you know, if Penn State is playing by the rules, they're not getting guys like that, even though mm-hmm. the uh, fictitious real example I gave was somebody leaving uh, Penn State. Situations like that where Penn State's looking for, let's say, a linebacker. They're looking for a linebacker in the portal. Mm-hmm. If somebody's already secured that guy and then he puts his name in the portal, what are they supposed to do if they're playing by the rules? So any advantage they can get in that area of having as much anticipation as possible while still going through their process of evaluating players and making sure they're bringing in the right people. That's a boost to the organization. And then some of the other stuff behind the scenes with the facilities we've talked about. These are all things that are finally happening at Penn State. So the engine is starting to turn on. But to your point, uh, some of the race cars are halfway around the track. Yeah, We don't even know if Penn State's in a race car or if they're in a pickup truck. Well, look what Texas A&M just did. Getting seven five stars at least. Oh, but that had nothing to do with NFL. Nothing nothing to do do with with NIL. Nothing to do with the ridiculous (laughs) boosters that happen to be uh, behind Texas A&M. And Jimbo Fisher can say whatever he wants. But like you talk about, oh, are we playing by the rules? It's a parent no one really is we're living in the wild west right now because there is no real regulation yet for this stuff. yeah so another thing that uh we've talked about on the daily edition with senior editor nate bowers just pointing out that like rules are just things we agree to and we can change the rules so uh, they're guidelines (laughs) yeah they're more like guidelines so what are those guidelines? Who makes up the guidelines? The state of Pennsylvania has an influence on this. The university has an influence on this. Uh, going back to our conversation about Com Radio, Tom, uh, when you graduated school, how many different calls did you get to donate to Penn State University from the alumni? Oh, tons. I get emails probably every single day. Yeah. Right. So is is there an infrastructure for Penn State? And another part of this is that the, a lot of universities are creating what's basically a slush fund or let's let's be friendly about it and call it an endowment for football where fans can pool their money, put it all in a pot 
And then that can be distributed to the players for NIL deals in a TBD fashion. Like here's just money for NIL from Penn State fans. And then we'll figure out how to get it to the football players. But that's where Ohio State announced that. Other schools have announced that. And uh, does Penn State have an infrastructure to be an assist there? Or does some other entity have to make that happen? I don't know, but I know there are people keep mentioning the largest living alumni base in the world. And Mm -hmm. like that always makes me think about the the call center and like there's an infrastructure there. I don't know if it's legally allowed to be tapped into if Penn State can put a bank of callers in there. I don't know, but why not find out? So these are the things that Penn State has to decide if they want to do. They want to decide how they're going to do it. And then you can throw in car dealerships and national deals for superstars if you get to that point and all the other stuff. Some of the local NIL deals. But these big levers that teams and, and, and universities are moving, we'll have to see if Penn State's going to go in that or if they're going to cling to, to tradition. The last thing I'll say is that when he mentioned all of these things, the one thing James Franklin ended with is he said, I feel like we're closer to being on the same page than we ever have been. So that's a part of it. And then mm-hmm. the fact that the new president of the university has yet to be sworn in. Do you swear in a president? Sure. Let's just, go with that. Yeah. Yeah. They have to put their hand on the Bible and everything. <laughs> and they solemnly swear to tell the truth and take it's university like the Supreme to the, court. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They have to do that part yet for the, for the new president as Eric Barron is, is in his final months of being the president so there is a a bit of a lag there in the leadership and the and the um chain of command that changeover yeah there's gonna be a lot that has to get mopped up we'll see in the coming months once that happens if this is accelerated or if it stays at the same pace and that's something i can't answer because i don't know the temperature in the room at old main about whether or not they're going to be all in on this and by the way Mm. temperature at old main is something i wanted to say my whole life as a non- (laughs) news reporter it felt great and it's usually extraordinarily cold uh in regards to the temperature <laughs> in that general area i remember walking around uh through the snow in baggy sweatpants where the water was halfway up your your calf and such so that's what i think of when i think of old maine um i'm glad you mentioned uh the fanatics deal uh because uh i wanted to ask if you think i should continue tweeting at ronan hannafin and shane hannafin to see if they will come to Penn State because <laughs> I will be the first person to buy a Ronan and or Shane Hannafin jersey uh, because my name is Tom Hannafin, uh, spelled differently, but yeah. um, I already know I love these guys. It was Hannafin, right? And you're Hannafan. So well, you can no, get it spelled still, however no, no, you want. No, hold, on, no, hold on a second. I'm still pronounced Hannafin. It's just right. a, it's an Ellis Island thing, you know, whatever. There's a bunch <laughs> of different spellings, uh, yeah. but we're all, we're all kin. We're all family. And well, I want them to be part of the Penn State family. Well, if you're and you're a self-admitted Penn State fan, so you absolutely have the agency to do whatever you want to help the university and the football program. So, yeah, keep tweeting DM. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can send them money directly. That's probably not a thing. I'm, but I'm not, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a little cheap, so I might yeah. not do that. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> a good d- idea. <laughs> legitimately, Ronan's got some serious prospects in terms of yeah. I've seen Wisconsin, Michigan, Notre Dame. The list goes on and on. Like he's going to make some noise uh, in college football wherever he lands. So uh, please yeah. come to Penn State, Ronan. I would appreciate that. I'll buy oh, you a jersey and, off of and, Fanatics. And by the way, uh, you mentioned tweeting at them, and this is another thing with on three and with the future of 
particular, particularly recruiting and name, image, and likeness and, and value with the NIL database. When we factor in a lot of things, all social media following is a huge thing. So if if a recruit is asking you to follow them on social media and you're a fan, that's one way they can increase their NIL evaluation. Because as we all know, it doesn't mean that they're going to be paid that, but mm. the larger the, the network, the larger the viewership, the larger the the reach that they have, the more valuable they have, the more valuable they are, which is the same exact thing as the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition and at Thomas Frank Carr, except that I'm not going to get any deals through the university. I just got to go do it all myself. Right, so. right. I thought you were doing the $1 sell there somehow, flipping that in again. That's another <laughs> that was, great way you can support Blue White Illustrated and you can support our not name, image, and likeness. Because that's already been bought and paid for by by on three, but you know, supporting the people who support, I don't know, that's fell They're apart. The, yeah, it's all right, it's all right. Um, check out Thomas Frank Carr on uh, Twitter and at Blue White Illustrated as part of on three. Uh, and I love T Frank so much that he's going to join us again next week because we talked about him a little bit earlier on in the show. Eric Wilson, Penn State offensive lineman who is on his way to the NFL draft and is now training at the uh, Test Football Academy, will be our special guest. So I cannot wait to break down what he is looking forward to in the NFL draft. And then with you, as I've mentioned, uh, you love to talk about offensive linemen and you love to talk about techniques. So I figured who would be better to do that interview with than yourself. So we will have Eric Wilson next week here on Pater T. Frank, thank you for joining me. Looking forward to it. This has been a ton of fun. So if it's half as fun as this, then we're we're all winners. We're all winners coming up. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.